0: The Celtics, somehow, are still alive. There'll be a Game 7 next on First to the Floor. Who's going to be first to the floor here,
1: and it was Marcus Smart, as he usually is. A ground drive, scoops, lay on the ground. It's
0: not the first time we've seen a superstar in Brady White sacrifice to him. Going in, there knocked away. Wayne Spoony here. I'm here with my guy, hot take Jake, the man with the mistress, even though I've heard they're a bit on the outs. And we're gonna break down what was a bizarre, at times eerie game six in Philadelphia as the Celtics win 95-86. Jake, how how you doing? What's your main takeaway? How do we even (laughs) break down a game like this?
1: Yeah, look. Analysis, probably not gonna be the word to describe what's gonna happen in the next twenty minutes like back from the dead and what's crazy is the game was like not ever over somehow like somehow the like it felt like we 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 were before talking before we came on and we were like we had bargained with the grim reaper at this point we were (laughs) like just wash over me i'm ready take me towards the light but then our guy yeah he i don't know what happened to him in the first half and the First half of the fourth quarter. I don't even know. I don't even know when and when it happened.
0: It was, there was literally like three and a half minutes left when he hit that first three.
1: Wow, wow! That's why it's a forty-eight minute game.
0: Yeah, That's dude. What- uh, maybe four minutes left. Like there yeah. was not a lot of time left. Keith Smith tweeted out, and I thought he kind of captured how it felt perfectly. He's like, "The Celtics are down ten. The game is tied." but somehow they're down 10. And it was like, <laughs> it did. It felt like when they got that clear path foul um, to make it, I think, 83, 81. That was it. I honestly was like, that's the backbreaker. They made another mistake. They're never going to recover from that. And then they just did. But like, let, let's talk a little bit more about Tatum's performance. Like He went 5 for 21. But other than that... Nine boards, six assists, two steals, two blocks, too many turnovers. He had four and only one personal foul despite playing some pretty incredibly physical defense. So um, is this the strangest game you've ever seen a superstar play?
1: I'm going to say Daniel Portillo in the chat here, like, has yeah. a single player ever single-handedly ruined Perfect. their legacy and saved his legacy in like a single game? I don't know. Like, It reminded me of the Pats – Atlanta Falcons come back, but this is what's crazy about this game. Perfect tweet by Keith Mick. We were never down, like, at all. Um, Tatum, I thought he, yeah, the process was mostly good except for, like, the drives. I thought the third quarter was when it got really bad. He was bad in the third quarter. Yeah. The first half was similar to the first half of game four in that, like, the process was pretty good, and then he came out and... Dominated the second half, but the third quarter, he was, it was the turnovers. It was the driving into traffic. It was about the, the foul baiting, throwing his hands up. Like in, in every way, he just looked like he was seeing ghosts. Like the confidence. And this is like, this is why they're <laughs> super tires, right? Yeah. Like to have the confidence to have the game that he had to not be worrying about like what the conversation is going to be about for the next three, five months to be eviscerated by every talk show, every podcast, everywhere he goes, he's going to like be getting side eyes for that to not infiltrate his mind and come back in the last four minutes and literally take over the game and shut the door to the point where it wasn't, we didn't even have to deal with the the stress of, of clutch time. Really. It was just over. And and you're, and you're sitting there being like, is this actually over? How is this possible? (laughs) Like Like, what is is,
0: happening? It was so confusing because it felt like this tight game where it was like back and forth. You know, it was points were hard to cut both teams' defense was incredible. Yeah. I mean, this was a high level defensive performance for both teams. And then all of a sudden, Philly's like walking around and gave up. Like I I honestly, like the from three minutes to like a minute and a half in the game. I don't even really remember what happened other than Tatum threes go in <laughs> yeah. and that's it. And it's like, I don't ha- remember how we got stops, uh, but we did.
1: Well, well, so yeah, like, okay, we, we'll get to the double big thing, but Harden, right? So Tatum ends up five for 21. Harden was four for 16, 0 for 6 and 3, five turnovers, team low minus 10. And in, cr- and in crunch time, he was yeah, Landon. I've 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 transported to another state in my parents' house. Added to the list of places Jake has recorded a podcast from. Um, but Harden, he kind of went to game two, game three, brain explosion. Harden, and I think that's yeah. going to be part of the story. As one of the these games don't happen. It it's a classic takes two to tango situation. Like the Celtics obviously got it together, got stops, made shots, but the Sixers just. Like I can't wait to watch the Rice Ricky Sanchez podcast, but I can imagine their perspective is going to be like, "How do you have to win this game? You cannot yeah. lose a game where Tatum looks like he's going to have to like move to the NBA." Retire,
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> like that's it. Like, I'm we're watching this game, being like, "Are we sure we want to pay these guys five hundred million dollars? They can't like th- pass the ball to each other from three feet apart, like, and they're taking the clear path now. but." But the defense from Tatum all game, like transition block on Harris, the rebounding, um, but he, like, even he, he wasn't that clean on defense at times as well for Tatum. He didn't look super locked in early, but he, the confidence of this guy, man, Game 6. And look, I don't want to take all the credit for this win, but I flew specifically to Sydney to recreate the environment of Game 6 in Milwaukee. My dad, one of my best friends. And let's be honest, we did not think that the magic was working through three and a half quarters. But patience. Sometimes the Lord works in mysterious ways. And yeah.
0: thankfully he turned up just in time. Dude, I uh, yeah. I that it, I just still like truly am at a loss for <laughs> words in a lot of ways. Um but Tatum's a story, but right. mostly for bad. Uh the Celtics best player in this game was Marcus Smart. And, you know, oft maligned, sometimes. Deservedly so, sometimes not so. Deservedly so, mostly um, not
1: deservedly so. Like, fair, this fair. playoff run,
0: especially this series. I thought in yeah. Atlanta, it's the, he he had some warts in the Atlanta series, but I think he's been instrumental to every single win in this series and kind of a masterpiece from Marcus here 22 7 7, two steals, three turnovers, which is not ideal, but uh, team oh, I leading. Mean- Plus 18 tied with uh, Robert Williams. And, you know, it wasn't one of those games where smarts offense was like, oh, he just got crazy hot from three. I mean, he he was three of eight from three. Perfectly fine. Great. Uh, eight for 15 from the floor. Oh, he seemed like the only guy who wasn't afraid of Joel Embiid at the rim. He was just so crafty with his finishes. He had that one fake pass to Rob yeah. where he laid it oh, up no. lefty. Embiid was spun around, dude. It was like a skip to my loom move. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, I'm not – this oh, is look. maybe the biggest game of Marcus Smart's career. I don't know. Maybe Marcus, That's probably but, No, but late. this is the
1: thing. This, this is Marcus Smart, man. You, you, you said he was the only one not scared of Joel Embiid. Marcus Smart, the only one not scared. Full stop. Any day of the week. Period. Yeah. yeah. Like it, he from the get go hit those two threes early, and you're like, well, it feels like Mark, the energy always finds Marcus, and mm-hmm. that's just the, the type of player that he is. And he's not the best shooter in the world, but in the playoffs, man, three for eight today, four for ten in the game that they lost. Like I, I don't have the the full playoff numbers up in front of me here, but he has been shooting well and turning up in in big spots throughout the playoffs. And like how many games, how many big games, how many times has Marcus Smart saved us? And so like try and capture this and not forget because we have a game seven, which we'll probably do. We're going to try and do another podcast where we can actually like take a breath and think about what happened and what (laughs) game seven will actually look like. But Marcus Smart, like the reason we were like in the game, The reason it felt like we were down ten, when we weren't, was because of Marcus Smart, and there was a couple other guys that kept us in it early and helped us build that lead, Derek and Malcolm. But without Marcus setting the tone on on both ends, really, like he was the best best player on the court, like for the Celtics at least. Um, And then down the stretch as well, just making the Marcus Smart players. like he he's loved and trusted man
0: yeah and you know what? I thought Joe made a nice adjustment at the to for the dagger three that Tatum hit like above the break. He put the ball in Marcus Smart's hands, had Tatum set the screen and pop instead of the opposite. Yes, and it worked perfectly. Smart made a perfect pass. Tatum hit the shot, and that was basically game over. I think that made it nine. um so great job by Joe, who you know. Oft maligned as well, oftentimes hey. for good reason, and oftentimes maybe not so much, but nonetheless, like you gotta acknowledge when he does something right down the stretch, and he he that was a great call by by Joe to trust Marcus Smart with the ball. Yeah, and he's sh- smart shooting 36.4% from three in the playoffs, forty six point six from the floor, which uh w- is a career high since he started actually shooting. Um, In a four game, his rookie year, I believe he shot 48% in four games. So for any real playoff run, this is easily a a playoff career high at 46.6% from the floor. Um, And, you know, you just get when he ripped that ball out of Embiid's grasp, I was like, oh, shit, we got (laughs) the good Marcus tonight, man. Like that was such a hype play. Um, And he just set the tone on both ends, really, like moving the ball, making the right decisions, getting into the lane, hitting your open shots. He's
1: he's the heart and soul of the team, yep. and yeah, Ben in the chat here. You know, two, game two against the Raptors. Uh, yeah, he gets those like six threes. Even game seven yeah. against the Raptors, he has that clutch block on Norman Powell. He like this is what he does. He's going to make clutch plays, and other and plays other players on the team aren't going to make. You need that one guy. You need that wild card. You need that version of Draymond. And you know, Marcus isn't going to isn't the, the player that Draymond was at his peak, but. He's the Celtics version of that and you you don't get to where you need to go without Marcus stepping up in big games. Like you see the Warriors and the Lakers yesterday, Draymond steps up and has a big game. Back against the wall, you need one of your core guys, your captain, your, your culture setter in a lot of ways to step up and...
0: This, man, is Steve, he yeah. ever, this is why This is why Danny
1: Ainge and Brad Stevens will never trade this guy, man.
0: Yeah. Yeah, dude. God, he was so good. Um but uh speaking of Joe adjustments, mm-hmm. we saw a bit he has been very stubborn about not going double bigs in the starting lineup this year and then with all hope is lost, Philly has all the momentum, they're heading back home, he turns to the double bigs and I mean overall I thought, you know, there were some ugly stretches from Rob, I thought, at points in this game. But I thought it was effective, man. What would you think? It worked. I, yeah. I
1: it, it depends on your assessment of what was wrong with the team, I think. And I thought the defense was the biggest issue because when they get stops, they can get out and run and that kind of fix, fixes the offense. When they get stuck in the mud, when you're not getting stops, you're pulling it out of the basket every single time. There are very few teams, even if you come into a game and say, we're going to run, we're going to run, even if they score, we're going to pull it out of the basket and go. If you're constantly pulling it out of the basket mentally, it's just like, damn, we can't get stops, which drains your, your mentality. It's just human nature. And you're pulling it out of the basket when you're getting stops that helps juice the offense. And, you know, the Celtics tried to lean into this offense first identity and it's sputtered at times. And I think going back to double bigs and trying to recapture the magic of, the double big lineup from last season was the was the move. I was like, maybe it's Malcolm Brogdon into the starting lineup because Derek White looked has looked skittish, but they go back to Rob because they have to play Rob with PJ Tucker out there. That's what at least that's when he's the most effective. And if Philly's going to have that starting lineup, you're going to get access to that look straight off the bat. And Philly's first sub was getting Tucker out for Melton, who yeah. looked very different today. I think I mean Melton was just awful from three, like major, major brick. Um, Rob, I thought on defense was excellent. I, he's just jumpy. I'm hoping that like going into next game, he, he keeps be he bit on how many pump fakes today. Um, and for whatever reason, his hands don't work. Like Rob has some, typically some of the ho- softest hands, but why can he not yeah. catch a dump off pass? How many easy buckets is he leaving on the table right now? Defensively, I thought it worked. Offensively, I thought it was fine. He just needs to catch the ball, like that play where I don't forget who drove, but maybe it was Marcus. They dump it off to to Rob, and he fumbles it, and he tries to go up. And Embiid blocks it off off his head, and they call it off Rob, and then they challenge it. That was right in the midst of you know bargaining with the Grim Reaper, and that was like maybe one of the nails in the coffin. But I thought it worked. It's just yeah, everybody had butterfingers fingers out there. Derek was dropping. Everybody besides Marcus felt like had butterfingers. Malcolm was getting stripped in transition. But Rob on defense, he was making them making them think he off was he wasn't perfect though. Like there no, was some definitely like, not. <laughs> like like obviously you're gonna play off PJ Tucker, but there were some like slow closeouts. Like I get playing off him, but once the ball goes to Tucker, you you should close out hard because you want him to put the ball on the ground, right? He even made a layup today, but it even looked terrible. Yeah. So yeah, Matang 66 in the chat here. Eighteen turnovers. How do we win this game? Like, I don't know. It, which I think is a good thing, right? There was yeah. a. Lot, there's a lot to clean up. Tatum had the worst game he's had maybe ever for three and a half quarters, and there was they were right in it for a few reasons we've already touched on. But I think you stick with this lineup and you force Philly to make an adjustment. Like, do you put do they go to Melton in the starting lineup? Um, that we'll see because I think that gives that gives Tatum. Because they late as well, to get him going, you know, the old adage, get to the free throw line, see something go through, right? They put Tatum in the post and Melton was like the go-to guy for that. Yep. Got himself to the free throw line. And if that's their adjustment to bring in Melton for Tucker, so it makes the Rob line up less effective, then like that's definitely a pressure point for Tatum that he that he feels really comfortable with. And maybe we, if we see our first good first quarter Tatum in what feels like my whole life at this point, Um but yeah, what did you think of the double line, double big lineup?
0: Yeah, I. Uh, so on the Melton switch, if we're in that double big lineup and they go Melton, we are so much bigger than them, right? Like they were kind of beating us on the glass with Tobias at the three, PJ at the four, and Embiid. Like that's a huge front court. Um, and you know we saw at times the last couple games where we just could not get a defensive rebound, and then if you swap out PJ, who is inexplicably a pretty solid offensive rebounder. He's tenacious. Best in the world.
1: Best in the world. Yeah, I swear he to God. He's a
0: really good offensive rebounder, especially for his height. Um, for Melton, and then we have Rob, Al, Tatum as our front line against you know, MB uh Harris and Melton. Like that is a massive size difference. And I, I think it can work, but we're gonna dare Melton to shoot a ton of threes, mm-hmm. too. Like he's a He's a very solid, accurate three point shooter, but he's like PJ in that he doesn't want to take 12 threes in a game. You know, he wants to take like four and five and go two for five. That's that's his game. See Celtics fan. Appreciate you, Don. Um, yeah, thanks for stopping by, man. Uh so I mean it defensively it worked phenomenally. I I I like you held these Sixers to 80 points when you know they've had a, a good to great offense. Um For most of this series, that's huge. They did miss some makeable threes, but it's about time. Feels like they've been shooting over forty percent the whole damn series. Like at some point, that had to turn. So the defense was much Uh, better.
1: Like they've been shooting well in part because a lot of the games they've been they've been wide open. Like game one, Melton and Harris were just catch and shoot so comfortable wide open. Um, you, you when you were talking, you made me think of like you know they were missing shots and like what's the key. Like how do we get a win? Like what's the key to getting a win? We have 3 wins and 3 losses. And the the biggest difference in the 3 games that we've won versus the ones that we've lost has been Harden again yeah. 4 for 13 today. Look at his splits in wins versus losses. So whatever you whatever you can do to get Harden to play like 4 for 13 Harden and not 45 point triple double Harden, that's what you have to lean into. Yes, maybe there's some there's some warts when you bring in Rob for the double. Double big lineup um, offensively, but it's game seven. It's crime time. Like, let's just yep. get dirty, block shots, dive on the floor, dominate the boards. Like, what can you control, right? And I think you know, def- defensive intensity, rebounding, hopefully taking care of the ball much better. Like the 18 turnovers, man, like that was, and bad ones.
0: Bad ones. Live ball. I think live ball. Keith Smith tweeted 14 of them were live ball, which is like, I I just don't know how you win a game when you turn you have fourteen live ball turnovers. That's free points. So like, imagine how good the half court defense was if we had fourteen live ball turnovers. Like you that's have an absurd.
1: to be You have to be sick if you're Philly right now. I and 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 think about how I don't know how you felt for the past forty eight hours, but like you, ever, I felt awful. I thought I was. I thought we were gonna lose today. I and so if you're Philly, they were riding high. They. You're getting all these turnovers. Like, if you look at this, like, yes, they didn't shoot well, but like, you'd get 18 turnovers off the Celtics for a team like the Sixers that doesn't generate turnovers. You get the Tatum, like, disaster class, and you still lose. Granted, they've been better, like, the Celtics have been better on the road. Surely this is a spot where they can feel confident coming home here, but you have to be sick, sick if you're Philly right now.
0: Last time we saw them at home in a playoff game, they absolutely took it to the Bucks, and Giannis ran out of gas because it's really hard to play this Celtics team when they actually play with pace. Which they, I thought they did a pretty good job of trying to play with pace too. Um, they just couldn't get shots to go. I mean, they went ice cold after that first quarter too. So like, it wasn't just Tatum bricking threes. Oh. At some points, it was like everybody. Um, it's and, a good
1: point, and, yeah. Because like we were, we were like nine for fourteen at one point. Yeah. And we ended fifteen for thirty five, and Tatum hit three at the
0: end yeah. of the game. So, um, at one point, yeah, I think it was uh we were eleven for thirty something. Um, I don't know. I can't do math right. I now. I know yeah, I was like <laughs> but it, but it
1: was bad. like we we were we, yeah. that's how we got that lead early was was Brogdon and Derek hit five threes in the first half,
0: yeah, right, right. And that was it. That was the difference. And um, speaking of those two, they were the only two guys who came off the bench tonight. No Grant. There was a pregame, like shams report, I think, that mm. said Peyton Pritchard's going to have a bigger role tonight. I don't know if that was Joe just like messing with the Sixers or something, but he did not sniff the court as my cat makes yeah, her big annual guy. appearance. Yeah. Um, I thought we might yeah. see some Grant and and we didn't. So d- did you think he should have? I mean, it's hard to say he should have right? gone to Grant when we win, but I wonder if we'll see him in game. Game seven.
1: It didn't feel like at any point I was like, we really need Grant.
0: Yeah. No.
1: You know? Like I we we needed pace and we and like offensively, you know, he's good for a turnover. And this is the thing about this team, like we have everything we need. Yeah, Shannon was dangled the PP. What's the deal with <laughs> These reports, man, like it happened to the Warriors as well, where the, the starting lineup gets leaked like a couple hours before game time, and Steve Kerr comes out and says, "Apparently, we have someone in the organization that likes to share info with shams." Same thing happens today. The PP information comes out. Like obviously, the Celtics don't want that information to come out. Do understand how that stuff's getting leaked? To he's so good at his job, I don't know how, how he's getting this information, but um. I don't feel like we needed Grant. Al Horford, what played thirty nine minutes tonight? Thought he, considering he went one for five, I thought he played amazing defense. Like Embiid's just going to be Embiid. What do you look? They held Embiid to nine for nineteen. Yeah, that's that. That's amazing. And a lot of that's Horford. I thought they mixed up the coverages, but Al, you just you ride Al and Rob, right? Like how many minutes did Rob play tonight?
0: 27 uh, 28 eight yeah yeah he's got he's got
1: and we got two days off here you know I've always been the I was the proponent of like we're gonna wear the sixes down it has not worked that way doesn't feel like <laughs> you know, at all really um it's getting there <laughs> yeah but look we got two days off for al who just played 39 and Rob right so I think you're gonna see 40 minutes for Rob for al and you're gonna probably see 30 minutes for Rob and and that's gonna be your your, your seven I don't think you need to Go to Grant unless you get into foul trouble, which is obviously very possible. Um, but I don't know. Maybe maybe you think that Game Seven magic. You, That's right. You know, beat out of that paint, baby. It's a self fulfilling prophecy, right? He can't he can't hit eight, seven threes unless he plays. So you play him, and maybe he does hit seven threes.
0: Yeah, Dom Spear in the chat. Uh, this is something I was actually I was thinking about uh, yesterday. Is like. Maybe guarding Embiid is just so friggin' tiring that Al's like when you don't have your legs or you're saving it all for defense, like your your shot might be a little off. So maybe it's that. But man, some of these are wide open threes that Al's missing that he's he's knocked down against Philly in the past. And it's not like he hasn't guarded Embiid in the past. So I don't know what's going on with his shot. Game seven would be a very, very good time for him to find it though. Um, but Jake, I hate to cut this short. No, yeah, man. I was just it's, thinking. Uh, it's getting late here. So um, any final words? What's your prediction for game seven? <sighs> Not dead yet, fellas. Not dead Not- yet. What
1: do we say to death? <laughs> Not. Not today. today. Not today. I don't know anymore. I don't have a pick. Nope. I don't even know. Like I'm just going to hold on tight. I'm going to. Grab my pillow. I'm just hoping I sleep. I've been waking up at like 5 a.m. and then the Celtics just <laughs> get into my mind and I'm like, oh, well, I'm awake now. And I just have to wait until the game starts.
0: <laughs> you know what I'll say? I'm damn glad there's one more game at least to watch the Celtics season. So, on that note, Jake, thanks for joining me, man. Everybody in the chat, thank you so much. That was fun, very lively chat. So, that's going to do it for this episode of First of the Floor Celtics in seven. <laughs>